Welcome to Your Food Looks Funny. I am Marcus T, and today's topic is winging it in the kitchen. I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. All right, so a few episodes ago, uh, we got into the topic of using a recipe to cook in the kitchen. And the other side of this was winging it versus using a recipe. So my cousin brought this up in the Facebook group uh, for Your Food Looks Funny on Facebook. And I wanted to make sure I came back around and gave the second part of the topic. So the topic was, what do I find... um, what do I find easier to do? Do I find it easier to use a recipe or just go in the kitchen and kind of make it up as I go along? Uh, I like to call it kitchen improv, but you can call it whatever you want. Most people just like to get in and out of the kitchen as quickly as possible. And sometimes using a recipe can take longer. Sometimes it can make your cooking shorter. Uh, other times winging it can take longer if you don't know exactly what you want to eat and other times you know you're just happy just throwing it together and that will work out a little bit better for you. So today's episode will be my version of how I wing it. Um, On the last episode we talked about some kitchen equipment to use or to have in the kitchen to keep on hand. That way a lot of your cooking can be regulated and you don't have to play a lot of guessing games to get the product that you want out quickly as possible. So We'll start off with, uh, actually, yeah, just, just going back over some of that kitchen equipment. The main three items that you want to have are a thermometer. So you want to have a thermometer that's a pre- preferably a digital read thermometer that you can stick in to whatever your meats or items that you're heating to ensure that you have correct temperatures and that you're not overcooking things. You don't have to play that guessing game. So a digital thermometer, an oven thermometer. So a lot of people haven't had their ovens calibrated or sometimes they just, you know, change temperature willy-nilly. So you want to make sure that you have an uh, an oven thermometer inside your oven, not the digital gauge that's on top of the oven that just tells you what you wanted to set your temperature to. You want to have one actually in the oven telling you what the temperature is inside the oven. That way, again, you don't have to play a guessing game of is my oven at 350 or is it really at 400 and I just don't know it. Why is my stuff coming out so overcooked? Um, And the last thing that was a main necessity was a sharp knife. You want to have a sharp knife and you want to know how to work it. Because if you just have a sharp knife and I know a lot of people that just have sharp knives or they have dull knives and they're scared to use it. Because the sharp knife is going to cut them. The dull knife they feel more safe with, but it's harder to work with. You want to have a sharp knife. And I explained in the last episode why you want the knife to be sharp. And if you haven't listened to that one, go back and and check that episode out. But having those three pieces of equipment will ultimately get you in the door for kitchen improv and getting you out much faster than if you don't have those three items. Other than having those kitchen equipment items, you also want to have certain ingredients on hand. Okay, and I'll I'll go through a couple of those ingredients that I keep on hand in our kitchen. But the next episode will probably be on why different ingredients cost what they do. So that will give you more some more insight into that. Having ingredients on hand is also a necessity when it comes to kitchen improv. 
you want to make sure you have a lot of your regular ingredients on hand. And obviously your diet and mine aren't going to be exactly the same, but you want to make sure that you know what you eat on a regular basis. What is your go-to meal on a Tuesday? That those kind of things are, you know, things that a lot of people don't think about. I know we didn't until recently where we we kind of sat down and came up with a calendar for the month and it ended up being a lot of the stuff that we just normally eat, but it also will take us you know, an hour to come up with what we're going to eat instead of already knowing ahead of time, it cuts a lot uh, of time out if you've already sat down and figured out, hey, I'm going to eat this, you know, Tuesday of next month or whatever. And a lot of people won't plan that far ahead and you want it to be a spur of the moment choice of what you're going to eat. I get it. Sometimes the surprise and, you know, figuring out what you have a taste for that day is uh, is good. Is good. It's it's good to not know sometimes just to get the surprise. It's part of the eating experience to just be improving that day of you know what you're gonna eat. But if you have a plan, you know that helps too. The plan works for us because uh, myself and my wife, uh, we both get caught up in our in our jobs and you know me recording and stuff. And and sometimes we'll want to finish a project and then suddenly next thing you know, we're hungry. So. We want to uh, have a plan of ahead of time of what are we going to eat. That way, when one of us gets hungry and we ask the other one, what are we having? We just, you know, can go to the calendar and be like, hey, today is, you know, salmon night. And boom, we we go from there. But having uh, I got a little off tangent there, but uh, having ingredients on hand according to what you normally eat is uh, is a great thing to help you out with kitchen improv. Because even if you don't know what you're going to eat that day, chances are it's going to be around some certain area of what you've already had or something that you have a taste for. Um, So an example of some things that I keep in our kitchen in order to uh, do some kitchen improv, dry pasta. Dry pasta in our kitchen is a normal thing simply because pasta obviously doesn't take long to prepare. Uh, at most, you know, 10, 12 minutes to boil off a pound of pasta. And of course, there are so many different sauces and, you know, proteins and vegetables that you can pair with pasta to create an, uh, a total meal. Um, it's a very quick thing to be able to go in and out of. It's one of those 30 minute meal ideas that can go anywhere you choose it to go. Um, so we'll keep, you know, two or three different kinds of dry pasta in our cabinets just for a rainy day obviously they don't go bad that quickly you can keep them around for a long time and just have them on hand you can make macaroni and cheese you know pasta with red sauce pasta with cream sauce you know an olive oil toss but a lot of different things can be made with dry pasta to acclimate to your taste for that day also going along with the pasta thing i just know mentioned the sauces we'll keep some jars of red sauces available like marinara or, you know, uh, you know, some kind of basil, garlic, you know, sauce based off of prego or whoever we have available at hand in order to just be able to go in there and make a quick spaghetti night. Or uh, if I want to make lasagna or something, we'll keep that stuff on hand. Also, I will normally keep a quart of heavy cream. It's surprising how many things that I use heavy cream for. Um, whether it be cream-based sauces or when we make ice cream, just being able to go in there and say, hey, yes, we have heavy cream. We can go ahead and make, you know, something that we like. And again, my wife doesn't like a lot of different kinds of desserts. She doesn't eat cake. 
Um, <clears throat> she doesn't eat certain types of cookies and, and stuff, but she loves ice cream. So many different types of ice cream. And that's one thing that we like to do is just go in and make a different flavor of ice cream whenever we get the chance, which isn't extremely often. But when we do, she's normally very excited to do it. And of course, I love to get a scoop out and um, and then we just kind of go from there on the dessert tip. Uh, but having those couple of ingredients on hand, I know there are vegetarian and vegan listeners. So the next thing that I say, I'm going to say very carefully, and that is meat. Keeping a meat or poultry or seafood on hand and different varieties of such, you know, ground beef, chicken, pork loin, bacon, having these things on hand. Again, if you're vegetarian or vegan, just keeping some protein source or some central uh, ingredient on hand in order to base your dish off of, whatever that may be, lentils, rice, uh, your salad variations, keeping something on hand to base a meal off of. So you don't want to just have a bunch of side dishes laying around. You might. I mean, if you're really into side dishes, go for it. Go for it. That's your thing. But uh, I need some protein for my meal to be based around. So we normally go to make a Costco run every month and we'll have, you know, packages of chicken breast. And normally I'll break down some chickens and have those ready and frozen. We have a food saver. Um, so I think I mentioned that in the kitchen equipment episode as well. That was kind of like a bonus thing but a food saver to vacuum seal your protein so that they don't get frostbite and you get some more longevity out of those things keeping proteins on hand to base your dishes off of and keeping them portioned in smaller portions according to what your household size is so like i said in my house we don't have kids it's just myself and my wife right now so a lot of our pre-portioned meats from the food saver are just two pieces of chicken or you know a, a cut off piece of a pork loin or something because we're not going to bring out, you know, whole chickens and, you know, the whole, you know, 10, 20 pounds of something when we're not going to eat it all. It's just going to be a, a waste or having to refreeze the leftovers later is just unnecessary. Another thing that I'll get into about leftovers, though, is they can create another meal in itself. People will get into the habit of taking leftovers and putting them in the refrigerator. And then once they come out of the refrigerator... They'll just reheat them as is. Get, get creative with those leftovers. And I'm going to do another episode about that, about leftovers too. That should be good. Creating different dishes out of your leftovers can make it an entirely new meal. An entirely new meal. And I think that's something that a lot of people have done with larger meals, like a Thanksgiving. But they don't consider that on an everyday basis as far as having leftovers and then taking that into something else. I'll have an example of that later. But right now, I just want to get through some more of the stuff for kitchen improv. So we've gone through having the right equipment, okay, having ingredients on hand. Uh, going along with having ingredients on hand, if you realize you don't have something, don't force it. Okay, Don't take a trip to the store at the last minute and try to say, hey, you know, I have a, a taste for or I'm going to try to cook this and because I can make it quickly and then realize you're missing something. And then you say, hey, I'm going to take a trip to the store because with me personally, as soon as I take a trip to the store and have to come home and cook something, it's completely killed it for me. What time does Popeye's close? Completely. I no longer have the desire to cook. Okay. I work in a commercial kitchen normally. 
like, like I said, right now we're still not back to work, but I normally work in a commercial kitchen and we have, you know, hundreds of ingredients on hand and, you know, a little bit of everything, so much equipment available to me. So if I dream up something to make, chances are we have the equipment or the ingredients to make it. And if I'm at home, I don't have that same kind of luxury. And there's no way that I want to run to the store. First of all, because I get lost in transition when I get in the store anyway. My wife doesn't like to go into the store with me because I normally comb every aisle up and down like I'm Pac-Man and I'm eating all the little marbles up there because I need to see everything that the store has. I need to see what's on sale. I need to see what new ingredients are available because I'm looking for ideas. I'm not just shopping for actual food. I'm looking for ideas. If I see a new ingredient that I can work with, and it has a small version of it. I'm going to get the small version. I'm going to try it out with something. You know, that's where I get my, my experimentation with. And uh, we can add that in there too. As far as things to have in the kitchen. Have something that you can use in an experimental way. And this goes back to an earlier episode of trying new foods. Have something on hand that you would try that sounds good. It doesn't have to be a large quantity of it because you don't want to waste. Okay, but have something on hand that you can throw into one of those improv dishes to say, hmm, you know, I tried this new thing. It actually came out pretty good. Now you can go ahead and throw it into the rotation of improv meals later. But trying out something new on one of those improv days, especially if you're by yourself, if you're by yourself where, you know, you just have you and your significant other, you know, those are good days to try something new out. You don't want to be out in the world and buy a plate at a restaurant and then that be the day where you're like oh i hated this i'm not eating that that was terrible so just being aware of there are new things out there to try but again you don't want to buy the new thing on the day where you have to come home and cook it coming home to cook from the store ah the worst the worst so shopping and cooking on the same day is a no uh, another thing to get people past the whole, uh, well, I don't feel like cooking. I'm just hungry. Public, public service, public service public announcement. Service. Just do it. Just do it. If you already have the equipment set up, you have the ingredients on hand, you don't have to go out and shop and do it that day. Don't overthink it because the more you think about how perfect the meal is going to be, you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to do it at all. So go straight in the kitchen. As soon as you have a basic idea, okay, I feel like we got chicken in there. I want to cook chicken today. You don't have to work through the whole meal. Go grab the chicken out, okay? You got the chicken out. Is it thawed out? If it's not, run it under cold water. Get that thawing while you think of the next thing. Okay, do I want pasta? Do I want uh, rice with it? Do I want to make a salad? You know, start building it as you go along. By the time you know it, you'll be done. But you want to get the longer parts of the meal out of the way first. If the chicken isn't thawed or whatever your protein is isn't thawed, get that unthawed, okay? If you know you want to do pasta, get your boiling water on. You know, if you want some type of vegetable, have the vegetable out and ready. If you need to cut something, get your food processor out or, you know, get your knife out and start cutting. Have these things going ahead of time. Okay, this goes completely against the whole recipe episode of having everything ready ahead of time. But this is the process of kitchen improv. If you know you already have certain ingredients on hand, if you know you already have the equipment to make it, you just have to flow with the meal. Let it build itself. And then once you get to a stopping point of, okay, I don't have that, you have to make a turn, make an adjustment, go to the next thing. You know, just because 
you normally would put cinnamon in it and you don't have cinnamon, you know, try something else. Maybe you have Chinese five spice or ginger or just a little bit of brown sugar, some molasses, whatever you have on hand. I've had recipes that I would normally make that I was winging. Ah, Come on. I cannot say winging it for some reason. Kitchen improv. I would try to be doing some kitchen improv in my head. I'm saying, hey, I need honey for this recipe, but I would be out. But we got maple syrup. Let's go ahead and throw the maple syrup in there and try it from there. And the maple syrup would work. Hey, you just need an element that will be close sometimes. Otherwise, you can create a new one. Try something else out new. It might not necessarily go together, and this goes back to episode 7 of the Flavor Rules, but it doesn't have to make sense in order for you to make it anyway. Make it anyway and try it. You're the only one that's got to deal with the consequences later of if it tasted good or bad. You know, don't be worried about if it's going to taste bad. You make it taste good. And that'll, uh... Lead me to one of my last points, which is while you're cooking, make sure you're tasting. And I've said this in a few episodes before, but make sure you're tasting as you go. Make sure you taste it. If it doesn't taste right, make your adjustments in the middle of doing it. Don't try to make them at the end when you think you're done and don't settle for it being bad. Okay. Taste it. If it needs a little bit more salt, add a little bit more salt. If it's too salty, add a little bit more cream or butter or water, whatever, you know, your basic non-salty ingredient was in order to dilute some of that saltiness and uh, at the end of that live with it that's the ultimate thing taste adjust live with it you're the one that's eating it you're the one that cooked it next time you know if you feel there's some improvements that you could make maybe you can write down some notes after you've eaten obviously um but if you're not as hungry as i would be right after i finished in a kitchen improv meal you know, write down your notes, what you thought went right, what went wrong. If you can make it into a recipe, if you remembered exactly what you put into it, go ahead and write those things down. That's how I come up with a lot of my recipes. But this is my dad's style of cooking right here. Walk into the kitchen, start pulling stuff out, look in cabinets, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you can come up with a great, a great meal with a little bit of practice because the only person you're cooking for is you, possibly your family. If you're just cooking for strangers, you know, that's kind of creepy, first of all. But just worry about yourself. Yeah, live with it. Live with it. I, I've had to eat a lot of bad meals, as uh, as my cousin Nubian has said to me one time. He said he had to eat a lot of mistakes, but they were his own. And that ultimately taught him to be a better cook, learning how to adjust to your own taste buds. Right. If you can cook for yourself, you can cook for other people. And there's a lot of foods that people just uh, compliment me on for my cooking, but they don't realize it had to go through a lot of trial and error in order to get to the meal that they appreciated. Okay, I'm not just going to give you my experimental meal off the top. My wife might get a few of those, and normally I try to make sure she doesn't get too many of those. But there are meals that just aren't as good to me, and maybe it's just me being overly critical of myself at this point, but I try to hold myself up to a higher standard. But sometimes I'm just hungry. I just got to eat it. You just got to live with it. So just living with your meals. So having the right equipment, having the right ingredients on hand. And again, we'll talk more about uh, different ingredients in the next episode and where to get them from, why some cost more than others, and uh, so on and so forth for that. Uh, the last thing I will get into is a meal that I have made and a meal that I actually thought about a uh, that I actually thought about recently making. But like I said, we keep chicken in our freezer. Okay, we had some lettuce left over and uh, we went out to eat not too long ago and I had a big 
uh, wheel of cornbread that came back. So the cornbread was sitting in there and I kept forgetting about it. So now it's a little stale. And a meal that I've made at work before is a chicken Caesar salad, which, you know, doesn't sound overly exciting. But I, I took the cornbread and I cut it up into cubes, tossed it in a little bit of butter and some fresh herbs, baked it off. And what did I make? Cornbread croutons out of it. Fantastic. It was almost like having a southern chicken Caesar with a little bit of cornbread. And if you want, you can fry the chicken pieces, right? Have some fried chicken, the cornbread, some Caesar dressing, obviously, with the lettuce, a little bit of Parmesan and such. Okay. Fantastic meal. Fantastic meal. If you get a chance, try that out. Uh, I might post the recipe up on uh, on the website. It's very simple. Very simple. You could get the gist of it from what I just said on here, but I will, uh, I will add that. I will add that to your foodlooksfunny.com. So check that out. By the time this, this episode comes out, if it's not up there, somebody remind me somewhere and I will post that. Other than that, that's pretty much it for today. Like I said, next episode, we'll get into, uh, different food ingredients and why they cost so much in different areas. And you know, why they trying to make you go broke just to eat every day. Other than that, check out yourfoodlooksfunny.com for all episodes and this latest episode. Donate to the show on the website. Check out the merchandise. Um, Check out the recipes. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you later. All right.